I'm Spencer Levy, and welcome to a special year-end episode of The Weekly Take. A lot happened in 2020, but bottom line, it was the year of COVID-19. The pandemic's severe effects resounded worldwide, disrupting the way all of us live, work, and play. We launched the show back in March after the lockdown interrupted our modus operandi. We couldn't travel. We couldn't do lunch or meet up for a site inspection, but we could keep talking. And that's what this podcast was all about. We launched the weekly take to maintain important relationships, share informative perspectives, and offer a commercial real estate lens on current events. It was above all to stay connected with clients, with colleagues, with you. And we have big plans for the year ahead. That was a drop the mic moment. I think that was extremely well said. Thank you, Melina Cordero, one of our repeat guests. Melina, a managing director, was one of the dozens of experts and insiders who made our debut season a success in 2020. We welcomed some of CBRE's best talent alongside an impressive array of outside thought leaders and C-suite executives who shared their insights on our air. This episode is a tribute to them all. We'll look back at some of my favorite insights, topics, and thought-provoking exchanges. We'll also remember some moments of fun, clips from the show, plus exclusive outtakes as well. So before the ball drops to signal the end of 2020, we bring you a yearly take on the weekly take. Coming up, a look back at our first season. That's right now on the weekly take. This is the Weekly Take, and I'm delighted to be joined by Dan Jurgen, the Pulitzer Prize-winning author of three books. I'm delighted to be joined by uh, two friends, Ralph Rosenberg, the global head of real estate for KKR, and Chris Ludeman, the global head of capital markets for CBRE. That's Joey Agree, CEO of Agree Realty, and Victor Coleman, thanks for joining us on the show. Through the magic of digital media, our guests joined us from their homes and home offices around the world to discuss notable trends and developments. That's Jeffrey DeBoer in Washington, D.C. Manish, you're speaking to us from Singapore. And Joanne, thank you so much for joining us from London. But let's start our walk down memory lane at the very beginning. Here's our first guest, my friend and CBRE's head of New York Capital Markets, Darcy Stakem, back in March. She tried to put the shock and economic uncertainty of the pandemic into historical perspective. Yeah, look, I've, I've been around a while. I've definitely seen a lot of cycles. Um, I would say that this most reminds me of the 9-11 attacks, which was, of course, an attack on people on an act of war. This is, of course, another attack on people. The difference being that after 9-11, everybody was very compassionate, ran out, donated everything they could, volunteered wherever they could. Here, people are fear of contagion and hunkered down. So, you know, this is a great time for everybody to remember that if you've got 50 masks and 600 pairs of gloves, take them to your hospital. You don't need that many. You're in self-isolation. Economically, um, it a little bit reminds me of 2008 in the sense that the capital markets or the credit markets did seize up there, but they seized up entirely. We have seen damage in the CMBS market. We've seen a European bank pull credit lines on some mortgage rates, but quickly get slapped back for doing so. Uh, you know, the feds are helping. Well, hopefully we'll see some help within the computer consumer spending, corporate earnings, 
and therefore, you know, we'll be able to maybe through self-isolation, get through this crescendo and recover more quickly than 2008. We follow that up on week two with CBRE Vice Chairman Todd Littman from our Chicago office. Todd analyzed an emerging trend, something new and unusual in the button-down business world, the once uncommon reality of work from home, and the impact it was having across the real estate world. I have some clients that feel like, um, you know, work from home is going to be here to stay and it's working for them and they think they may take less space. I've had other clients uh, that are really focusing on efficiency that are saying we actually need to take more space because we need our own space. It shows you that you need space. We don't want this densification to continue. Um, I think co-working is something that folks are talking about. What's the future of that and and how are you going to utilize that? Of course, work from home was perhaps the hot topic and we returned to it throughout 2020. More broadly, we talked about the changing nature of the workplace, including new or accelerated ideas like agile and flexible space, the hub and spoke model, and the concept of live, work, play, and more. I think that the key takeaways were absolutely that flexibility is here to stay. That was CBRE's global head of occupier research, Julie Whalen, a repeat guest on the weekly take. On episode 18, she and Brandon Ford, our head of occupier accounts, discussed a survey we published over the summer. It was called The Future of Office. And this was the takeaway. Despite the challenges posed by the pandemic and the new trend towards remote work, their view is the office ain't dead yet. Here we are talking about that survey back in July. So what that indicates to me is that companies are keeping the reins on what functions they are going to allow to be put into a full-time remote bucket because there is a certain amount of culture, there's a certain amount of productivity, innovation, and also individual employee performance that needs to go into that decision that employees alone can't drive. However, the trust factor between employees and employers in having choice when you wake up of where you're going to go any given day is certainly going to be highlighted. And so that's what we have learned through this survey. Well, Brandon, there was a lot of words uh, that I, I totally agree with Julie that she took away from that survey. Trust, choice, flexibility. She didn't use the word agility, but I'm sure she was thinking it. Which of those key words are our clients thinking about today? I, I think most of our occupiers, uh, first and foremost, is trust. They're making decisions first and foremost on the safety of their employees, uh, the health of their employees. And that, that really does come first. Beyond the way people were working, we also covered the way people live and how developers of various residential asset types had to adapt. What we're seeing is a breaking down of traditional boundaries between where we work and where we live and what we do in each of those places. That was CBRE's Joe Winchester on episode 35, discussing an emerging type of shared housing known as co-living. Joe was joined by Adina Davis of Graystar, a global developer leading this new concept. Despite the difficulties of sharing space at a time when social distancing was the rule, Adina suggested we look at it from another angle. I think with the pandemic, we've seen loneliness and social isolation on the rise, especially for single-person households. So again, I believe that density is not an issue for these developments and actually helps people stay connected and sane in um, situations like this. Around back-to-school time, student housing developer Bill Bayless of American Campus Communities joined us in September. Bill counted his blessings that his business 
hadn't experienced a worst-case scenario. In fact, he said rent collections at ACC's off-campus housing was more than passing the COVID stress test. But he probably spoke for many sectors when he admitted that the pandemic likely changed his business forever. Now, as we look at the new products we're designing, you know, I, I told our board of directors, in having been a developer all my entire life, never have I ever looked at a set of plans and said, okay, how will this property perform during a pandemic? We will never again look at a set of plans without asking, how will this property perform in a pandemic? Of course, we explored some tougher terrain, too. Look no further than the realm of senior housing, a vital asset type serving an at-risk population. On episode 27 in October, we talked with the CEO of one of the largest owner-operators in the nation, Joel Nelson of LCS. The reality is, is that COVID has impacted our communities, those with skilled nursing, acute care facilities, and then we at LCS have a full continuum of care in assisted living, memory care, independent living. But the reality is, is you know, less than 1% of our seniors uh, were impacted by the actual disease itself. And as you look at that, where the efforts and the disruption has come is all of the things we've had to do to reinvent ourselves and mobilize and create the safe environments for both our employees and our residents. And that's started from the very beginning, uh, really in the first phase where we've, we've really had to take people out of the fear mode. You know, how dangerous is it? And we've treated it, it is absolutely dangerous with the age cohort that we serve. So it's re really required in every function across our communities, we've had to adapt and pivot and add additional protocols to our service to seniors. Managing fears of the unknown, promoting safety and wellness, reinvention. Those themes were all over our air as companies coped with new challenges. Some were much bigger than others. Leaders from the restaurant, retail, and hotel sectors stepped up to the mic to share their stories. And make no mistake, no businesses were hurt more than those than rely on the in-person experiences like these. Alex Smith of Atlas Restaurants and CBRE Senior VP Jessica Curtis offered some interesting insights into how innovation and tech were going to help remake their industry. Here they are on Episode 8, back in May. I think there are a lot of positives to come out of it. One is on the tech side. I think that this crisis has actually kind of pushed forward an issue that needed to be resolved for years, but that was a costly change that most restaurants resisted, which was contactless payment. We see it in Europe. It's finally going to be here in the U.S. as a result of this. I think you're going to see a lot more tech in restaurants. What has excited me the most is the innovation that I've seen from restaurant operators, whether they're local or larger restaurant groups. So I think she's right in, in the fact that innovation is a huge positive. Restaurants are going to come up with different ways to create revenue for themselves. And the other positives are when they do come back in that there's going to be a whole different set of standards for sanitation and cleanliness. Um, not that we weren't you know, above and beyond before, but now it's like a whole different level. Others also look for silver linings. In a conversation in July, Host Hotel CEO Jim Rosolio joined me and Bob Webster, Vice Chairman and Leader of CBRE Hotels Institutional Group. Part of our discussion delved into the massive losses the industry faced, likely tens of thousands of rooms sector-wide. And yet, 
as you'll hear in this exchange, Jim's pragmatism came with optimism about the future. How much are you and host on, on offense today saying, this is a great opportunity for us to expand? We think clearly you're going to see a lot of opportunities coming out of this. Probably meaningfully more than we saw coming out of 2008-2009. Uh, just to, because of the severity of the decline and the time frame uh, of the decline, I don't think uh, a lot of people are going to be able to survive. I think it's still a little early. You know, there just aren't that many, quote, durable assets out there uh, that, are, that are trading uh, today. I think underwriting is going to be... You know, underwriting a hotel's operating performance, I'd love to get Bob's perspective on this. Uh, you know, you're not going to be able to, to make a buy based on 2021 numbers or 2022 numbers. I really think you're going to have to um, to look out beyond 2022 to 23 and 24 and uh, wrap your arms around how you think a property is going to perform coming out of this. I mean, obviously, first things first, Spencer. I mean, we got to get through this crisis we got to get a vaccine. We, we need a vaccine or a strong therapeutic, I think, to give businesses and groups the confidence that they need to travel again, that their employees are going to be safe. And I think it's going to take some time before that happens. Now that multiple vaccines are being distributed, we'll see how hotels and travel, restaurants, retail, and other experience-oriented industries recover. We're sure to revisit those in 2021. And speaking of vaccines in the future... We've done a lot of forecasting on our show. No guest put in more work on that front than CBRE's chief global economist, Richard Barkham. But instead of a prediction, I want to call out an appreciation Richard offered. On his November appearance, Richard surely spoke for many in recognizing the impact of the vaccine and the work behind its discovery. It's an extremely remarkable story, and I think... It's testimony to the real vigor, inventiveness. Um, it's not just in the United States, but a lot of it is in the United States uh, around the medical and the pharmaceutical industry. But it, it's also, it's this kind of human spirit as well. It's just really incredible how optimistic and, and kind of raring to go uh, the American people have remained, even in the tooth of this kind of political turmoil. The can-do attitude of the Americans, uh, I think, is really remarkable. Remarkable indeed. Meanwhile, our guest list featured A-listers from across the spectrum of the commercial real estate world. Influencers and thought leaders such as Microsoft's head of real estate, Michael Ford, futurist Dror Poleg, and the C-suite leaders of sectors that have been helping to drive the recovery and moving to the fore of our business. But I can sum up the biggest highlight in one word. Industrial. Whether it was data centers, life sciences, or cold storage, Entrepreneurs like Sid Brown of NFI Industries, a leader in third-party logistics and the reverse supply chain, emerged as stars. I just want to let you know that nobody has ever accused me of being a scientist or an artist. So um, I appreciate the level of competency that you've just attributed to the 3PL industry. Now on the subject of art, before we wrap up, can we just remember some of the other things we talked about this year, like movies and food and, of course, my passion, music, from the early 1980s. Here's a question I asked CBRE CFO Leah Stearns from episode 32 about her personal story. I'm going to reopen that same door again and talk about a song that I think explains a lot of things about uh, career journeys, which was by the Talking Heads, who had a song that was entitled Once in a Lifetime, and they had a line, you may ask yourself, how did I get here?
Leah, you are the CFO of one of the largest corporations in the world. How'd you get here? Reflecting on my professional journey, it's really been a fast-paced and ultimately exhilarating experience. How did we get here indeed? And there's more, like this deep cut from episode 15 that my producers left on the cutting room floor. The topic was government policy with Jeff DeBoer of the Real Estate Roundtable and CBRE's Brian Stoffers, who also chairs the Mortgage Bankers Association. Naturally, in this exclusive outtake, we steered into a public transportation theme. Well, Jeff, let me try to sum up your, your comment in song. And no, I'm not going to sing it, but I was thinking about Joni Mitchell's song, Big, Big Yellow Taxi. You don't know what you got till it's gone. And I think that a lot of people think that way with respect to the office. You don't know what you got till it's gone. And they realize just how valuable the office environment uh, is. And, and now I probably owe Ms. Mitchell some royalties for that comment. Uh, now, but now it's been going through my head all night long. <laughs> <laughs> Did he actually say all night long without referencing Lionel Richie? Well, I don't often miss such opportunities. And sometimes my guests play right along. On episode 32, CBRE's Chief Diversity Officer, Tim Disman, threw down a classic during a discussion of diversity initiatives and ESG Capital. I do agree. And you might have heard of the song by John Lennon, Give Peace a Chance. Well, in this instance, I'm saying let's give ESG a chance. Well, to borrow from Tim and John Lennon, thanks for giving us a chance. Thank you for listening to us wax on about real estate throughout 2020. And the weekly take may have been the greatest highlight of what may have been the most challenging years of any of our lives. But to make the weekly take possible, it is on the shoulders of many of the great professionals, both inside and out of CBRE, who don't get known every week when the show comes out on air. And here is a list of the people who made it possible. The Weekly Take is produced for CBRE by Foglight Entertainment, with episodes written and produced by Evan Canoe and produced by Greg Backer. Shows are edited and mixed by Travis Stewart, with additional editing by Jason Zucker. The theme song is by John Vieira and Mickey Drums. For CBRE, we have senior producers Brian Reed and Bradley Warner, along with supervising producer Teresa Basso. Our activation and marketing crew is Ray Coley, Willie Kelly, and Zach McIntyre. All led by executive producers Jen Morgan, Benji Baer, Richard Barkham, and Julie Whalen. And supported by our great teams in research, Corpcoms, especially Steve Iaco as well as digital and design. Thanks to all who help make the show what it is and get it out to the world every week. We'll be back in January to drop the needle on a new year of episodes with deep dives into topics from self-storage to medical office to ESG capital to the future of work and a whole lot more. For more on our show and what's to come, check out cbre.com slash the weekly take. Let us know what you thought of our first season and what you might like us to cover in the new year. And if you like the pop culture we covered in that last section, we've also posted a special weekly take playlist on our Spotify page. Music selections inspired by our first season. So here's to a happy 2021, everyone. Be smart, be safe, be well. Be well.